I've got some shit to say today. <laughs> Uh, you're recording! Yeah. <laughs> oh no! Hey everyone, welcome to the Fanatics. I'm Aya at Tech Waifu. And I'm Tim at Wembembo. And you can probably tell by the energy that we just came into this with, it's one of those weeks. Tim, tell me how you're feeling. Do you know I'm doing okay? Yeah. For the most part, I'm better than I was last week. That's good. That's good at least. Because I was having a rough week last week. Yes. And... Uh, this week it's fine. It's nothing of interest has happened, and that's good if anything. Nice, uh, nice. So you're kind of vibing with it this week. Yeah, yeah. I'm just kind of rolling with everything. What about you? Are you? This week I started a new diet, and it's very low calories compared to what I usually eat, and I am irritable and angry all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm watching the fanatic star and jump to for the twelfth week in a row. You might want to back up a little bit from the mic because I'm looking at your waveforms. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why it's doing that. Why is it being so bad? I don't know. Who knows? I'll fix that in the edit. All right. Right. Are you? Tim. Are you? Have you got Tim. any objectives for the watch? To watch it. My objective this week is to watch the goddamn movie. I I thought of something earlier for... Oh, I remembered what it was. Uh, okay. it, but it's more of a question for the end more than anything. What's <laughs> the question inspired for the end by then? episode 9's recent release. All right, go for it. Well, I'll save I'll save it for after the viewing because I think it's a really okay. interesting question. You've got an interesting question to ask. That's about it. Uh, other than that, maybe count how many scenes Anna Golge was in. Okay, maybe we could count how many. Yeah, let's try and do something positive. Let's think about what do we like about this movie, Tim? We Anna like Golger. Anna Golger. Uh, I like Dick. I like the dubstep sound effects that occasionally happen. <laughs> dubstep is one way of saying it. Let's think about the things. Uh, what else do we like about the movie? I'm going to try. Okay, my goal for today is going to be a positive one. Okay. But we all know there are a few shots in the movie that we think are well shot, uh, especially and including the final scene where Devin Sauer is kicking John Travolta down the stairs. I am going to really try and find at least one more scene today, Tim. Just one more scene that I believe is well shot. I'm going to try and find one. I'm going to look really hard and learn my standards a bit and try and find another scene that I could say this is a well shot scene. I'm going to veto one scene. What's that scene? It's the one where, or rather one shot, it's it's where it's quite clearly a drone shot flying over oh, LA. I'm not, no, anything that, that could plausibly be stock footage, I'm not That's going to That's what I'm saying. For. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, that to me looks like stock footage. Yeah, anything that could be plausibly stock footage won't count. I'm going to try and find a shot that I think Fred Durst did a good job on. So if you're not counting stock footage, that means that Danny can't be in any of the shots. Danny can't be in any of the shots because Danny is stock footage. We know He's a stock now. footage child. Thanks, Ali. Perfect. Right. Very short intro. Shall we crack on with the film? Please. All right. Talk to you all in an hour and a half, everyone. Bye. Doodles. There we go. Hello, and welcome back to The Fanatics, where every week we watch the same movie, week in, week out, for week 12, 
three months in. This is Aya, how do you feel? Three months anniversary of us doing this, Tim. Feels good. I'm not going to lie. I am feeling a little bit better than I was before the watch. I think just hanging out with you always puts me in a better mood, which is very the contrary to what i would have said maybe 10 years ago sure but yeah <laughs> um yeah great how are you feeling vibe check i'm okay i'm all right i came up with some ideas for some games i'd like to play and maybe we could turn one or two of them into a uh weekly section okay so y- yeah you've talked about some games that you've got so uh, I guess let's play one of those games now and then let's talk about some stuff and let's space the games out over this post down boy yeah sure so okay the first game is a common regular what's your shining light oh okay i didn't really have one um i guess um this has been my shining light maybe three or four times before but anna gold just acting is obviously really good and i like to highlight different little scenes that she does that i think is really great Mm -hmm. and there's there's one line that she says that we both love which is it's chitching for me yeah no and like the little face she does while she says that and the way she says it is adorable and and it's always my highlight for this movie so that's this week's shining light for me my shining light is where hunter dunbar is tied up on the bed in the hostage scene and it looks like he's about to have a breakthrough and moose goes I'm hungry. I'm going to go to the fridge and like <laughs> fucking Hunter just like slams his head on the backboard of the bed. <laughs> and it makes it like the most hollow thunk. <laughs> you literally said, oh, the most hollow wood sound of all time. Yeah. On the opposite side of that, here is a game that I would like to introduce. It's called Trapdoor. Okay. Trapdoor. I propose a scene to you and you're allowed to send a character at any point in that scene through a trapdoor. Like, to come into the scene. What? What do you mean? What do you mean? Oh, so, as in, like, we send a new character into the scene. No, no, you're, you a, remove a character from a scene. Remove a character from that scene. All right. So here is the scene that I'm going to propose this week. I'm not going to do it in any sort of order. Okay. It is going to be the Brenda scene. The Brenda scene. And that's... <laughs> So during any point of the conversation, you can put a trapdoor under anyone's feet and they'll fall out the scene. <laughs> what I'm about to propose is what I assume has already actually happened. <laughs> you know where it's I'm going Danny and this. Tanner, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, after she says Tanner, at the end of that scene, as the car is driving off, Tanner just falls through a trapdoor and Brenda has and, and Brenda just has to get another kid really quick and then she gets Danny. Is that like in those that that stupid like old movie trope where like oh we killed someone's pet fish we better go get a fish that looks exactly like it but it's slightly off? No, <laughs> no, I get it, I get it, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, cool. All right, that's that's one game I introduced, and I think that could be a uh, could be a fun weekly segment of Trap Door. Yeah, no, I like that. I, that that's fun. The issue that lends itself to is. There aren't many active characters in any given scene. <laughs> no, but the whole idea of Trapdoor is how does it change the scene? Yeah, yeah. And this one, I, I, I've i gone for a way in this manner that literally doesn't change the scene and I think actually explains something from the movie. Yeah. Is that cheating? Who knows? No, no, I think that's fair. That's, that's okay. If it were up to me, it, I would I would have probably said the um, the scene where John Travolta is under Danny's bed. And he has a trapdoor there to get him in and out of the room. Oh God, that'd be funny. Yeah. There you go. That's that what I'm. Seems... That's what I'm thinking. That make that would make sense. Yeah. Alrighty. So the other one of the other games I've got here. I'm aware that I've kind of piled two games on one one on top of the other. Yeah, that's fair. 
I have got here, I've just written down, the Fanatic Battle Royale. Uh, what? Let's say they're all on an island in their uh-huh. peak condition of the movie. Every single character that we have named on this podcast. Okay. Who's coming out on top? In peak condition. They're in their they're in their they're in their prime of the movie, if that makes sense. So like obviously Moose isn't the most physically fit character, but he's not like a jack dude. I, I think it's gotta be Hunter Dunbar, right? I don't know. I he, he's a physically fit Hollywood actor. He's like in very good shape. Look at him, damn. And he has guns and knives available to him. He's clearly capable of using them. I think Hunter Dunbar comes out on top. I think Selfie Man's got an element of surprise. Okay, Selfie Man. Man has an element of surprise for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Serial Man has, he could like camp everyone out. He's just got like food for days. He's Serial Man. Yeah. I think Moose would die in the first five minutes. Aaron would die. Yeah, Anna would yeah. sadly die. And and Anna would die. Oh, she would hide, and but she would she she wouldn't win. I th- I think uh top two, top three is Dick Selfie Man. Um. Oh, oh, Dick's a security guard, I suppose. Yeah, and he, he looks like he's in good shape and like he he's a little bit older, so he's probably been doing this for a while, so he's got experience as well. It's a good uh, shape, I, 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 I think <laughs> I think he comes out uh, quite quite well up. Alright, perfect. That's the uh that's the little hypothetical I wanted to throw your way. Aya. Uh, okay. What's our scene? Scene 12 this week is what I've been referring to for the past few weeks as the first escalation. So I've kind of split this movie up into, um, I'm going to say four parts. And there's um, obviously before the signing, there's the first escalation, second escalation, and then the finale. So we're in the first escalation now, which is the scene wherein Moose visits Hunter Dunbar's house for the first time. And I... I don't even want to ask Tim this question because I know exactly what he's going to say. But so, but before I let him out, I just want to give a quick one down on the scene. Sure. Uh, the moose is outside Hunter Dunbar's house looking in. Hunter Dunbar comes jogging along with the newly found Danny and uh, says, you know, what are you doing at my house, etc. Uh, sends Danny away. Uh, Hunter and Moose get into it a little bit. Uh, moose tries to get him to sign his jacket, but he refuses to. Uh, Hunter then goes on to sign his shirt in the most aggressive manner possible before sending him packing. Tim, you have one tweet to describe this scene. I, what is it? I think it's pretty obvious. It's one of my favorite lines of the whole movie. I think it is your favorite. It's just three simple words. Deaf mute pervert. Deaf mute pervert. I like it. For context, for those who aren't aware, there's a bit... It's where, like, like I just described, where John Travolta is stood outside Hunter Dunbar's house, mm-hmm. and Hunter Dunbar just calls him a deaf mute pervert, and <laughs> he's not really any of those things. <laughs> and I just really like it because it's just the idea of, eh, fuck it, something will stick, something's going to be <laughs> offensive. <laughs> I mean, I th- so. I I think that you're misunderstanding Hunter Dunbar's thought process there, but it is like I wish your thought process would be accurate because it's very funny. But <laughs> I think you're misunderstanding it. He's calling him mute because he hasn't said a fucking word at this point. He's calling him deaf because he hasn't responded to any words at this point. He's just there staring at him. And he's calling him a pervert because let's be honest, he's seeming a little bit pervy. So he's like he is acting like a deaf mute pervert in that moment. I think you're giving this film a little too much credence. <laughs> You know that I like Hunter Dunbar, Tim. I know, so. but you also know I like the deaf mute pervert line. Yeah, yeah. Tim, you said something to me on this watch that has kind of stuck with me. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, it's not in a bad way. And I've been, I've been thinking about it throughout the course of the movie, and there's nothing that disproves it. So my new headcanon is that Leah is, in fact, a vegan stroke vegetarian. We could see it. Yeah. I can she, see it. You never see her eating meat, and she, she looks like a vegan. She dresses like one, too. I reckon that she's a, a vegan stroke vegetarian. I wouldn't even go so far as to say vegan. Uh, we've just made some expanded lore there. Yeah. And we're expanding on the law consistently. Speaking of expanding on the law of this movie, let's play a little game that I like to call Who Was Phone? Who Was Phone? So, (laughs) in in case you're not sick of hearing of it by now, Hunter Dunbar is on the phone to someone who we never discover who's on the phone to. He opens by saying, I'm not going to take that gig. They're not paying me enough. They're going to have to pay me more because I've got to leave Danny. He says, I missed your mum last week. He says, I kissed the maid again. What a goofball. And then he says, someone's been sneaking around the garden. Call me back. Tim, who was phone? I'm going to go with a neighbour. Okay. I think that Hunter Dunbar, as an actor, would be kind of buddy-buddy with his neighbours. Yeah, he, he's a nice guy. Yeah, he's. I've, uh, he might be in a neighbourhood watch. He could even be in a homeowners association. Yeah. So I think him explaining his trials and tribulations that he goes through every day yeah. with a neighbor is not unheard of. That's that's my guess for the week. Nice. Yeah, it's it's a pretty tame like guess in comparison to Jesus <laughs> from the other week. <laughs> Jesus Christ and Fred Durst. You know, we basically made the same guess two weeks in a row, right? Yeah. That's that, right. I, I just called Fred Durst. Jesus Christ, come at me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I like that's a good, that's that's a, a realistic guess, and I like that one. There's one thing that we picked up, uh, Slade noticed it, kind of, in the guest episode a couple of weeks back. He did. Where And we didn't really notice what the car said, because this is in the car scene where they're driving down the road of inconsistencies. Yep. <laughs> and there's a message on, this, on the dashboard, which kind of proves that this, that this whole fucking road is green screened in. Yep. And it just says... Car battery discharging while stopped. Electronic devices will be temporarily switched off. <laughs> yeah, so it's obviously proving that the car is not in motion at the time of filming that. Obviously, no. I mean it usually wouldn't be right, but there's usually not such a dead giveaway. This is the equivalent of showing a camera in shot or a boom coming into shot, in my opinion. Yeah, like it's yeah. it's pretty clear they're not driving on the road from how fucking sharp the corners are and the hills and what have you. Yeah, but th- this was just you know the extra cherry on top. Yeah. I have one last game. Give us your last game, Tim. It's a very simple one. It's called Two Truths and a Lie. Oh, okay. So I looked up some film trivia. Okay, yep. All right. I'm going to present to you three statements about this film. Two of them are truths and one of them is a lie. Before we play, I'm going to straight up say in advance that I have looked up trivia for this movie in the past to bring up on the podcast. Sure. So there's every chance that your sources I've also looked at. That said, my memory isn't great on them, so let's go for it. Alrighty, so the first statement. Okay. Moose is John Travolta's favourite character that he has ever played. Okay. The second statement. Pretzelfang originally approached Edgar Wright to direct The Fanatic. Mm-hmm. And the third statement. This film is dedicated to actor Bill Paxton, whose son, James Paxton, portrays Slim 
Hmm. Oh, see, all three of those feel like a lie. No, I, I could believe that John Travolta thinks Moose is his favourite character. After watching those bonus uh, episodes on the DVD, I have no trouble believing that's the case. Okay, so you're, you're fairly concrete in that one's the truth. Yeah, I think number two is a lie. You think that Pretzel Fang didn't approach Edgar Wright? Yes. And you think that Bill Paxton's son, James Paxton, plays Slim? That one sounds really fucking absurd. That one sounds so absurd that it is likely the truth. You are correct. Oh, let's go! So James Paxton is Bill Paxton's son. I'm pretty sure Bill Paxton died in like 2018? Yeah. I think? 2017. And Slim is his son. Nice. Which I did not catch at all. So what gave that away to me is saying that Pretzel Fang first approached someone to direct it. Because I do know that Pretzel Fang was founded by Fred Durst. So it would feel weird to me that he first approached Edgar Wright to direct it and then decided to do it himself or something, you know? So sure. that, that one felt a little bit too off the cuff for me. Like I said, I had no trouble believing the first one, especially after like some of the interviews I've watched and stuff. Uh, and the third one seems so bizarre that you would include it to try and throw me off. <laughs> All right, but, I'm going to need yeah. to uh, go ahead and up my game on Two Truths and a Lie. So, but, uh, I'd like to introduce. I'd like to keep a trapdoor and two truths and lies regular segments. I like those, Tim. Yes. I'm going to make a statement about this movie, and then completely unrelated. Before you change the topic further, I've got a question I need to ask you, but these aren't related. So, first of all, I noticed something. You did. You mentioned you noticed something and didn't tell me. I didn't, Tim. What is the first thing that appears in this movie? The first thing that appears. Yes. The city of Los Angeles. <laughs> before that. The uh, shot oh, right the, before oh the title card. Um, You're a fan without you, I'm nothing. Tim, that movie, that quote is attributed to Hunter Dunbar. Yes. When does he say it? Like right at the end of the movie. I listened this week to John Travolta's letter that he's writing to Hunter Dunbar. In that letter, he says, and I quote, I am a fan... Without us, you are nothing. Huh. This implies to me that Hunter Dunbar at some point eventually read Moose's letter. Because it feels weird to me that he used the exact same wording. I am a fan. Without us, you are nothing. You are a fan. Without you, I am nothing. Right? Those are the two quotes. Sure. It's, it implies to me, because of the oddly specific choice of wording, that Hunter Dunbar has, in fact, in fact read Moose's letter. I mean, that makes sense in terms of a law perspective. Just kind of blew my mind a little bit. Either that was a gigantic coincidence, or, you know, maybe just poor writing, which, you know, this movie has no poor writing, am I right? But I mean, yeah. they can't keep the name of some of the characters right. So, I mean, uh, that, that's normal. That goes on every day in Hollywood. Sure, sure but this is this, this is their child. <laughs> yeah, but that's fine. Um, I, I think I think we can look past that. The, mo- the writing for this movie is great, Tim. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, how many times did Anna appear in the movie? Oh, how many times did she appear in the movie, Tim? How many scenes? To take a guess. Go. Uh, 13. Oh, 12. Oh, you know, I nearly said 12. I thought, you know what, I'll go 13. Damn, I was close. Yeah. Tim. Throughout the course of this movie, you mm-hmm. were typing a lot. I was. Can you tell me what you were typing? Because I think I know, but I want you to tell me. I I like to cast a wide net when it comes to networking. <laughs> uh-huh. 
Uh, I've I've done some work with some with some known people. Um, yep. So, but um, I will tell you before I moved back to England, I was living in Texas and working with Rooster Teeth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've done some work with Stamper, that kind of thing. Yeah. And um, I was emailing some people for potential guests for the podcast. Yeah. I'm not going to say who. Uh huh. If they accept, we'll know. <laughs> so you've sent out some emails for potential guests for the podcast. I think I must have emailed eight or nine people. Oh my god. I am excited about that. Sure. Is there anything else about this movie you want to point out, Tim? Uh, I mean, quite literally, the only thing I took note of about the actual movie was car battery discharging or stopped. <laughs> so there's <laughs> a couple of other things that I noticed and that I want to bring up. Yeah, oh, sure. Actually, one last thing, actually. Oh, no, two. Yeah, there's two more. So first of all, and this is kind of a small one, mm-hmm. but... In the scene where Moose is at the party and he's talking to Amanda and her agent, Amanda mentions Hunter Dunbar's not at the party tonight. He's watching his, his son's elementary school play. His son's an actor. Oh, yeah. But would this also mean that the entirety of <laughs> Tanner's uh, high school, elementary school play, would that all be considered stock footage? Uh, possibly. I mean... As long hun- as Tanner's in it, right? Yeah. As long as Tanner's in it, it's considered stock footage. Okay. Or is Tanner not stock footage? Is Danny the stock footage son? I think they're stock footage twins. Stock footage twins. Okay. Stock footage twins. There's the alternate title for this episode. There you go. And last but not least, just another small one that I noticed on this watch. I noticed lots of small things. Uh, Vampire killers and vampire hunters. Um, The movie that Hunter Dunbar is in that has the jacket from it. Tim, what is the name of the main character in that movie? Rico the Revenge. His name, yeah. So I know his name is Rico. Rico Revenge, right? Revenge is a middle name. Name, yep. Rico Revenge something. His jacket has Rico on it in big studs on the back. Who wears a jacket with their name studded on the back? Motorcycle gangs. All right, cool. (laughs) (laughs) I'll allow it. Oh, yeah. Do you have your letterbox review of the week? Tim, I do, and I think this is one that we can both kind of vibe with. Okay. So I would would like to thank Dan Perosi for leaving this review on the 12th of May 2020. Shout out to Dan. Shout outs to you, Dan. It's a five-star review of The Fanatic on Letterboxd. And it says, by every standard, this is actually a half a star movie. It's heavy-handed. John Travolta gives the performance of a lifetime playing an autistic man. I don't know who, who he studied to do this character, but that person may have the most severe autism on the face of the earth, or he simply didn't study an autistic man. Fred Durst directed this movie. Why? I don't know. Devin Sauer is really good in his part. I wrote this review after only watching 25 minutes of it. The first line John Travolta says is how he has to take a poon. That alone makes this a five-star movie. I think that's a, that's a pretty good review. Yeah. For, Someone yeah. who embraces trash like I do. Yeah, I mean, this isn't. He gave it five stars because of that bad line, so it's actually a half star review. But I like it. Yeah, I think it's a good review. Good. All right. Aya, <sighs> where can they find you online? Uh, you can find me online at TechWaifu on Twitter, at IAPK on Twitch. And you can also listen to my other podcast, Skillin' and Chillin'. Tim, where can we find you? So you can find me on Twitter at Wembembo, sometimes on Twitch at Wembembo. 
uh, and on my other podcast, Video Game Club, a fortnightly podcast where we talk about video games not too dissimilar from a book club. And you can also find us, the podcast, on Twitter at the Fanatic Pod. That's the Fanatic singular, the Fanatic Pod. Thank you all so much for listening this week. I'm glad that we had an upwards trend in the mood this week. It was quite nice. I'm Aya. I'm Tim. And we'll see you all next week when we explore further our relationship with this movie. For week 13. We are recording next week, the week of Halloween for week 13. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to you all next week, everyone. Bye, Noodles. <laughs>